so you are one of those. The man said to the person sitting in front of him, who bowed his head and whispered a prayer before he started to eat. I do not need to do that, the man continued. He said, all my life I've been working very hard for myself. I studied, I've got a great job, and I always wanted to make, wanted to make sure that I do not need to look into anybody's eye to get food. I can provide for myself, so I do not need to thank anyone for this plate of food, because I myself worked for it. A declaration, a statement of independence in a way. A statement that says, but I myself can do this. A statement that says, but in a sense, I own it. And I can do with what I have, what I want in this world. A statement that sounds a little bit stupid to me, to be very honest, but also somewhat lonely. Because in a way, if you say that you can do it on your own, you will soon discover at some point in your life, maybe in your latter years of your life, that you can't really do it on your own, and then you are stuck. When, when, I, when I thought about the story, I thought, you know, it's a little bit like a guy that says, because I can swim, I don't need to go on a cruise to the Bahamas. He will never get to the Bahamas because he's not going to get on a cruise because he thinks he can swim, and that will take him just here, like 100 yards deep into the ocean. That's the problem if you have this declaration of independence, statement of independence, to try to live life without God. Here in Psalm 100, we find the following. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is He that made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks, give thanks to Him. Bless His name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. The word of our Lord. Now you can't see it in, on this slide, and if you look at the text you may see it, but you know, this was an amazing poem written by a psalmist that actually has an A, a B, and then an A and a B again. It, it's sort of separated in two pieces that are connected in the middle, but, but I'll explain this to you in a moment. The Lord is God. I don't think we have ever lived in a time in America that God has been rejected as easily as it is, as, as it is done now. I don't think there's ever been a time in America when pe people have tried their best to live a life without God. And the reason is that the children are not exposed to God in any way anymore. Since uh, religion was removed from the schools, there are millions and millions of children growing up in this country that has no idea who God is. Honestly, they have no idea. I was surprised in a study that was done a while ago that they asked a lot of smaller children if they know anything about Jesus. And they said, yeah, we know the name, but that's all they know about Jesus. They have no idea who Jesus Christ is in America. The problem is when you try to live your life without God, then something will get out of control, isn't it? And that's what we are seeing now. 
know, the other night we turned on the, uh, on the news, Louise and Anna, I said, I can't watch the news anymore. I can't sleep at night when I watch the news. This guy drove through this parade and killed so many people and children. The next thing is all these people storming into the shops and they're just looting whatever they can. Eighty, a hundred people just going into a mall and they take whatever they want. Cops can't do a thing. Security people standing there, they can't lift their arms, they can't say a word, can't do a thing. Otherwise they will lose their jobs. And it continues. So we live in a world that's getting out of control, isn't it? Because who's actually now setting the standard for living if we do not have a God that sets the standard? So Psalm 100 is, in a sense, a psalm that comes and says, hey, if you ever wondered who God is, let me tell you. Let me tell you who this God is. Then he starts off and he says, he made us. He made us. My being is not only because I had parents who decided they wanted to have a a child. My being is way further than that. My being is in God who decided before I was born that He loved me and He wanted me to be. That's the most amazing thought I think that anybody should have in this world is to know I was created by God. God intended for me to be. Maybe you don't like your parents that much, but that's irrelevant because God chose them for you. But the important thing is that He wanted you to be. The second thing, He owns us. Now, many times when you think of this term, you think, okay, so I'm owned by someone, so I'm like a slave. I have lost my freedom. That's not what the Bible tells us. Owns us means God says, you are mine, like my wife is mine, and I will do whatever to protect you and to be there for you. You are mine, like a parent saying to his child, you are mine, and no one will harm you, hurt you, or get into the way that I can protect you. If you need me, I'll swim across the ocean to be with you. We are his sheep. In the Old Testament, the people knew exactly what that meant. Sheep are dumb. They are really stupid animals. They, they can be 100 yards away from the water and die of thirst because they can't really smell water like, like cows can. They are really stupid. And therefore, the shepherd had to really take care of them. And therefore, many times you will see biblical pictures of someone carrying a lamp. Because they need to be carried and they need to be taken care of because they will just wander in this direction, that direction, without a shepherd. Sheep are very, very lost. And the psalmist comes and says, God is our shepherd. We are his sheep. The Bible tells us, without God you are stupid. You can really die next to the answer if you are not guided by God to get to the answer of life that you need. And then he turns away from what God gives us in the psalm. That's the third section. It turns to who God is. He's good. You know how many people in my life have said to me, well, he's such a good person. That has nothing to do with who God is if we say that he's good. God's goodness means that there is something that we will never understand about God because we have not yet been in his presence fully. His goodness stretches beyond every imagination that we can have about somebody that will do the best for someone else. To have this God in my life that is a good God in every aspect of life. His love endures forever because that is true. It will. Nothing will stop Him from loving us. And He's always faithful. So what is my response? To make a joyful noise. 
look at the picture I have there. So it's Thanksgiving. You know, <laughs> somebody wrote and said, you know, you drive thousands and thousands of miles or fly thousands of miles to get to people once a year. And when you are there, you say, well, once a year is way too much. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. But, but, but normally, normally, when, when people get together on Thanksgiving, they say, wow, here you are. You know, that little one that's now back in the, in the cry room, every time normally when she sees me, Opa, you know, there's this shriek because she's seeing me or, or Oma or whatever. And, and when we see our children, hello, here you are. We are excited to see them. The psalmist says, the moment when you think about God, you should say, God, you are here. Every single morning when you wake up, people stumble out of bed. I hear so many people talking about their fears and anxieties. And I say to myself, actually, when I open my eyes in the morning, I would say, God, you are with me. You stayed with me through the night and you are with me in this day. Make a joyful noise for him because it is wonderful to be in his presence. Worship him with gladness. It means recognize who he is in his person, in his provision, in what he does. He's God, I'm not. Worship means to say, God, here I am. Use me as a servant to serve you in the way that you see it fit. Enter into his presence with thanksgiving and praise him. Maybe that's part of our problem is this declaration of independence that I think it's all mine, but it's not. It's all his. It's all his. Maybe we should stop asking before we start. We, maybe before we start asking, we should start thanking. In the mornings when I go for my run, I, I have this thing. And you guys know this. When I leave my house, I pray the Lord's Prayer, and then I've got, I, I, I thank the Lord. I look at the sky and I say, thank it I can see the blueness of the sky or the grayness of the clouds. Thank it I have legs that I can run and be outside. Thank you, Lord, that I can actually sense the surroundings around me because so many people do not have this privilege. Then I make my turn and I've got a tree and I pray for my mom and then my sister and my wife family and then for you guys. But you've got a tree. So as I pass all of these trees, I pray for different people. I'm running out of trees, I think. But I try every morning of my life to thank the living Lord and it sets the mood for that day. Because I've got a God that I can thank for being here. And I praise His name and bless His name because He's my God. When we have nothing left but God, we discover that God is enough. And sadly, that's the truth of many people that has this declaration of independence. When they get older and they end up in a nursing home or they end up in hospital or they end up in a crisis and they do not have this control over their life anymore, that is when they turn to God. And God will show up. But he many times shows up and says, my child, you have lost out on so much because you didn't make me a part of your life. Now you want me here at the end, but I've been there all along, but you ignored me. Why should we give thanks? Because everything we have, everything comes from God.